Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. We are all entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Welcome back, Rush Nation, to the Five Yard Rush Daily Fantasy Sport Podcast. Mark, it is a sad one. It's the final one of the season. We finally reached the end goal of the Super Bowl. It feels like it's mad because we started this midway through the season, didn't we? And it, it it actually feels like we've been going for a full season. I don't know if that's a good thing or a yeah. bad thing, but um, yeah, <laughs> it's uh, fed up of each other already. Yeah. It's been half a season. <laughs> but yeah, we've finally reached the end of the road, and we're at the Super Bowl. So sadly for the listeners, this is probably the last time you'll hear us certainly in this format for. And a couple of months, I would say, Mike, we're probably going to have some some well-deserved rest. I'm sure we'll be involved in other five-yard projects along the way. But certainly for the, the daily fantasy side of things, we'll be a little bit quiet for a couple of months. But don't worry, we will be gracing your ears again come the summer, I'm sure. Um, around that time anyway, late spring, early summer. So keep an eye out, of course. But before we sign off, Mark, we've got a very important game coming this weekend. And that's the Super Bowl. Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Kansas City Chiefs. Are you excited? Oh, can't you tell we're excited? We're we're doing this pod in our tuxedos, which I <laughs> presumed is the, like the five yard rush mandatory for this week's pod. So I'm expecting to see stocks and mercenaires. <laughs> yeah. 
one, one of the disadvantages of doing a video. Um, I, I, yeah. I, 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 Murph actually worries for his talk sport interview as well the other day, which was very good, Murph. When you listen back to this, and very, very good, and we're all very proud of you for that. You sounded great. He'll be leaving us behind soon, won't he? <laughs> yeah, he's on a different trajectory. Peasants, we we are, but mere peasants. <laughs> So yeah, we, we've we've got the Super Bowl this Sunday, Mark. Before we get into the daily fantasy side of it, um, no doubt you're looking forward to the game. But any thoughts that you've got on who you think may come out the victor? On paper, it seems like a very close game, doesn't it? It seems like a really hard one to call. I think, and I think the teams will be very evenly matched. Uh, I think the one X factor, and I think the way it will be decided is basically Tyreek Hill. I think. Um, I think he'll be the difference, and I think he'll win the game for the Chiefs. Interestingly, I've just had a friend that's really got into his NFL in the in the past couple of months, and I said I, I said pretty much the same to him that you've picked a really good time because I think this is as close a Super Bowl as I can remember. Um, I know last year's Super Bowl again, you know, you, the Niners' defense was good, but they were up against Mahomes. This is a really good offense versus a really good offence and both teams have got pretty good defences as well. It's very, very evenly matched on paper. Two really good quarterbacks, a bit of a passing of the torch kind of thing with Brady and Mahomes in a Super Bowl. It's it's nice that we actually get to see that before Brady does bow out. Um, but Brady isn't done by any stretch. He's been playing some great football in recent weeks and months. So yeah, I'm really excited as well, Mark. I'm with you, I think. Tyreek Hill could have a big say, definitely. I have, I've got a sneaky feeling that we're gonna get. We're, I feel like we're, we're gonna get a performance from someone that we're maybe not expecting, and I think that could be the difference between the two. And I, I don't know who that's gonna be or or how, what that performance is gonna look like, but someone I think needs to step up big. You know, it it could be someone like um, Clyde Edwards-Alaire who, you know, we're not expecting the Chiefs to run the ball specifically well. But if he has a big game, then, you know, that that could be the deciding factor. Tyreek Hill, you'd expect, would be a big part of it as well, especially after his last performance against Tampa Bay. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, really looking forward to it. We've only got one game, Mark, so we can't really go yeah. down the classic route like we usually would, like the listeners are accustomed to. <laughs> so we're having to approach a slightly different format yeah. of Daily Fantasy Sports this week, and we are going with Showdown. Now, this is a format that you play more than I do, Mark, I think is fair to say, um, and it seems to be a format that you have a lot of success in. So tell the listeners a little bit about Showdown and how that differs to Classic. So Showdown slate just basically means it's a one-match slate. You pick six players, one captain player, and then five flex players. The captain scores 50% more points than normal. So a touchdown, for example, which is normally six points, is worth nine. But the downside to that is he costs... 50% 50% more as well. So if he costs $10,000 as a flex spot, he's $15,000 in the captain spot. Other than that, the scoring system is identical. Um, and that's it. I think um, there's all sorts of stuff to do with strategy, which is very different to classic, which I think we're going to talk through as we go along. Um, you, you approach cash games, I think, differently to GPPs. Well, I mean, you do anyway in classic, but even more so with showdown. 
And um, yeah, I think it'll be, it'll be interesting. One thing that I think is really important to remember is this is going to be the first time the majority of uh, DraftKings players play Showdown this season. It's, it's definitely not as popular as Classic. And so there'll be a lot of people trying it for the first time. So I think that is obviously if, if you have any sort of strategy which, you, you know, which you're confident in and stuff, I think that will help you. Um, and then we're here to obviously talk through all the possible options pretty much now and hopefully give everybody a bit of an advantage. Yeah. So I know when I've done or played Showdown in the past, Mark, I have approached it not maybe the way I should have done. And I've just looked at maybe doing the odd two or three lineups here and there just to have a bit of interest in the game, which, of course, listeners can do. Nothing, you know, you, you, you do what's comfortable. Play the game how you feel it should be played. You know, if if you just want to set a lineup just so that you've got a bit of interest in the game, then then great. But don't have high expectations that you're going to come out a profitable sum at the end of it because a lot of people that play Showdown as I'm sure you will agree, Mark, are putting in multiple, multiple lineups. And the reason they're doing that is that they're essentially covering the bases um, and allowing for a lot of different scenarios with um, your your, your different captain player, if you will. Um, So not every lineup will have a Patrick Mahomes in in that spot. There'll be lineups that have Tom Brady. There'll be lineups that have Tyreek Hill. But how does your strategy tend to differ when it comes to showdown versus, say, a classic lineup? I think the main thing, and you've really touched on this already, is you need to play more lineups, in, especially in, tournament, in tournaments. We're talking tournaments at the moment. We can talk about cash games in a bit, little bit. But yeah, you, what you, you're right. You need to play as many tournaments as you're comfortable with. Sorry, as many lineups as you're comfortable with that you are able to control and maintain. So you. So to give you an example, if I play a show and slate, I typically play 50 lineups, okay? But that's because I've got, I've got an optimizer I can use to create the lineups, and then I'm very good with my spreadsheets if I need to adjust them at later dates and stuff. If you haven't got those sort of things available to you, then manually going through 50 lineups in the last hour and a half after the inactives would be painful and horrible <laughs> and very stressful. So... That's what I do because I've got those tools available to me. But if you've literally got only 10 minutes before the game starts to, you know, sort out lineups, just play however many lineups you think you can cope with in that time. And the other side of it is the money, money of it. So if, for example, I just use a, just use an arbitrary figure of $5. If you're going to play $5 in a week, then I personally would play 20 lineups in the quarter arcade, then playing, say, one five dollar lineup or whatever or a single entry like that personally because like you say you need to cover your bases it's the highest variance form of the game because that captain spot is so important with the 50 percent more points and due to the nature of, of the fact that kickers for example are relevant scorers in this game you know like i'm pretty sure the kickers are going to score more points than a lot of these sort of third fourth fifth string wide receivers this week those you just you just have to play what you're comfortable with, what you're able to control and maintain, for want of a better phrase, and um, and just play as many lineups as you can. That's how I've found to be successful, and vary your captains in those lineups as well. Yeah. So out of my fifty lineups, I use between five and ten captains based on how I'm feeling about that week. For example, if you're playing with Baltimore, say, you know Lamar Jackson's going to be a lot of your, the captain a lot of the time for your Baltimore coverage. But this game, 
we have lots of options for captains mm. because these teams have a lot of op- weapons. How do you tend to approach with your captains then, Mark? So you, you're obviously looking for the players that you think will have the biggest impact on on the game. Mm. But when it comes to choosing your captain for the benefit of the listeners, would you tend to then structure all of your lineups pretty much similar? So let's say you have five lineups with one captain, five lineups with another. Would you tend to use the same five lineups over and over, but with a rotated captain? Or do you tend to vary the lineup? I think if you're playing the number of lineups that I play, generally, which is 50, I think you need to have probably two. You need you couldn't have five players the same, and then rotate the captain. I just don't think that's. I don't think I'm making enough lineups there. I think probably you'd have maybe three or four, which are a core across them. And obviously, the other thing to bear in mind is who is your new captain does should dictate who's in your flexes because you do need to kind of tell a story. For example, if you put a quarterback in your captain spot, you should really have at least two receivers because if your captain is going to do well as in and take full advantage of the captain spot, chances are a couple of his receivers have done really well. Uh, and, and equally, if you have, say, another popular um, correlation, this effect would be if you put the running back into the captain spot, is have the, the corresponding the same defence as well because that's quite a popular correlation anyway. Um, so, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I don't do that thing you're talking about where you have like the five flex and just rotate the captain, but I try and have three or four, which are generally the same. And I think for this game, it's kind of obvious who those three or four are. Yeah. <laughs> Let's have a look at the game itself then. Yeah. So we've got quite obvious Patrick Mahomes is coming in as the, the highest costing player in the game with 18,000 as the salary. So I've, I've no doubt, Mark, that you've got plenty of Patrick Mahomes across your lineups. Yeah. Have you also got plenty of Tom Brady across your lineups as well? Yeah, definitely. You, definitely. You want to cover them both. So the way I approached this to start them off was I'd, I'd got Patrick Mahomes and Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill, Patrick Mahomes, Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. Just created a few lineups for each of those sorts of setups. Yeah. So what I mean? Um, and then you would then do all the permutations of that, if you see what I mean. Yeah. As in Kelsey yeah. captain. And then I think because it is a one-off game, Mark, and I think because of the format of Showdown, it allows you to have quite a strong lineup, and a lot of lineups will have similar players in there. So you're going to see across a lot of lineups the likes of Patrick Mahomes. You're going to see a lot of Travis Kelsey. You're going to see a lot of Tyreek Hill. No doubt you'll see a lot of Tom Brady and obviously the, the receivers there in Tampa Bay as well. You're going to see a lot of Chris Godwin. There's potentially going to be double-ups of Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones. So you, you, you'll you probably find across the contests with the entries that are in there, a lot of the lineups are going to look very, very similar. So other than the obvious picking the right captain, Mark, the highest scoring player being your captain would be a great start. How can listeners win in this format? What can they do to stand out from the crowd? So this is interesting because you talk about duplicate line, duplicated lineups is going to be a big issue. I use the word issue. Is it really an issue in um, in these large field tournaments? I think for these the really big tournaments, it's you're not going to see a single a single unduplicated lineup win unless something really weird happens in the game where like a a lineup which you know two kickers, two defenders, and two 
the low-priced receivers or something wins it. Um, but based on how the game goes, the most popular lineup may well be the optimal lineup, if you see what I mean. So the, the sort of Holmes, Hill, Kelsey, and then whoever, Fournette, Kicker, whatever, that may well be the optimal and he can't be beaten. So differentiating might is, is generally a good thing to do anyway. It always is in all forms of DFS, but it might not necessarily win you a game, win you a tournament in this case. So, um, but I have a couple of ways, I think, that um, a couple of strategies you can adopt if you want to be really different. And the first thing I always do with some with showdown lineups is I always have some showdown lineups where I've got the punt returner and the corresponding defense in them. The reason for that is that if they score a touchdown, that's t- that gets you 12 points rather than six because they both score. So in this game, McCole Harbin is, is kind of the primary punt returner for the Chiefs. But he's going to be a fairly common stack because I think people are going to play him, don't you reckon? Yeah. Anyway, just as yeah. a receiver. Yeah. So I don't think he's going to be a punt returner you can play to differentiate yourself. But Tampa Bay has Jaden Mickens at only $200 on here. And him in the Bucks defense allows you to play anybody else in your other four spots. And I think that could be a really good way to try and you know differentiate yourself a little bit from the um, from the field. Yeah, you don't, won't necessarily be unique because I'm not the only person who thinks like this. Um, but um, it definitely does help. The key, I suppose, to that as well, Mark, is ultimately you can land on something like that, but the rest of your lineup, you, you, you've, you've still got that risk, I suppose, of even if. Mickens, for example, was to score a touchdown and you also stack the defense with it as well. The issue is the rest of your lineup still has to be yeah. good scoring, shall we say. Yeah. It's, it's, it's still got to keep up with the pack. Um, one thing like that won't just stand you out from the crowd. However, I suppose if you have someone like Mickens in, because of his price, it pretty much allows you to have anyone. Yeah, the other thing is, don't forget, if all Mickens does in the game is return a touchdown, a punt for a touchdown, he's only scoring six points anyway. And in actual fact, that might not be more than a kicker, get scores and stuff. But what it does, like you said, it allows you to get anybody in. You know, looking at it already and stuff, you can pretty much pick everybody you want. All the main, you know, with your other four spots, if you do that. And, you know, you don't... The other thing you can do, of course, is you could just... You could just play Mickens on his own and not put the Bucks D in there at all if you really like somebody else at that sort of range. Yeah. Um, I do think, though, for this, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago in the championship games. There was a range in, of the wide receivers between three and a half and four and a half K. I don't know if you remember. And I said at the time, I think they were going to be the difference between whether you win or lose because all the other pieces were obvious. And I think this might be very similar. I don't know what you think about this, but in terms of you know, you're McCall Hardman, Demarcus Robinson, uh, Scotty Miller, um, Tyler Johnson, those sort of players. If one of those goes off, that could make the difference, I reckon. Yeah, I've just had a look. Interesting that you've mentioned Robinson. Um, he's got a little COVID-19 designation yeah. next to him. so He's going to be, I think he's going to be okay, though. If he keeps testing negative, he's going to be okay. Fingers crossed, because you, yeah. you don't want anyone missing the game that potentially could have impacted the outcome. I suppose, Mark, I mean, there's there's players there at your high end. Is there any that you've maybe got your eye on that you, you're flat out avoiding? I know we've had conversation after conversation mm. in the past about these Tampa Bay receivers that on any <laughs> yeah. given week, it could be Chris Godwin's week, it could be Mike Evans' week, it could be Antonio Brown's week, or it could be Rob 
Gronkowski's week and when mm. you expect it to be one of the four, Scotty Miller pops up and has a great week. <laughs> so is is there any that you're looking yeah. at there at the moment? I know there's a couple of questionable tags. Uh, any that you're looking yeah. at and thinking, oh, I've not really got many of you in my lineups and I don't really want many of you in my lineups either. But Antonio Brown at the moment, just because I just don't know, even if he does play, which is still, you know, in question. Um, I don't know how, how effective he's going to be because mm-hmm. that injury. I It just feels like such a Super Bowl storyline, doesn't it, for Tom Brady to throw a touchdown to Rob Gronkowski, doesn't it? It does feel like a headline, yeah. Especially yeah. in the build-up where you've seen throwback videos that Tom Brady, I think, posted a throwback video where him mm. and Gronkowski were heading towards a plane off the back of a Super Bowl mm. win or a championship game win couple of seasons back so yeah that does does feel like it writes its own headline almost yeah i think that was the rams year i think no thanks for that sorry (laughs) (laughs) yeah thanks very much for that mac yeah still trying to forget that super bowl Uh, yeah yeah so am i i was a neutral (laughs) (laughs) it was a terrible game it's definitely Um, one for the defensive mindset yeah yeah um yeah so i I don't know what you think about those sorts of um, those sorts of plays, but I'm not. There's no one particularly fading from Tampa Bay. Um, I tend to agree, Mark, on the uh, Antonio Brown thing. To be honest, when there's been any lineup that I've put Antonio Brown in, I've not felt wholly confident in doing it because, by the odd game here and there, I just don't feel like he sees he sees the he's not the Antonio Brown of old. I don't think he sees the volume that he used to and he doesn't get the yardage that he used to. Uh, what he has been getting in recent weeks is touchdowns. But again, I don't necessarily want to just be reliant on that. Uh, obviously, it helps in this format. But yeah, I, I think the biggest impact in this game would come from one of Godwin or Mike Evans and Gronkowski before it comes from Antonio Brown personally so yeah I've not got many of Antonio Brown in my lineups and I mean he's 9,300 he's, he's on the other side of the field Clyde Edwards Hello at 10,500 but I think I'd rather try and fit someone like him in and take a punt on that um, you know the, the Tampa Bay run defense has been lauded as one of the, the best run defenses in the league and that may be the case statistically but I think I'd still rather take a punt on someone like that that has a chance of being quite heavily involved in the game. And it, it could be one of those players that, you know, because he is up against a tough run defence, that he's not necessarily as highly owned as he may be in, in other scenarios. So I think that's what I'd I, prefer to do. I really want your opinion on this as well, because I'm really not sure at the moment is if you had to pick one out of, Clyde Edwards Hilaire or Darrell Williams for um for the Chiefs because actually um Williams got more touches last week. Mm, yes, he did. And now obviously uh, um CH was come back from an injury. He's had t- another two weeks to heal up, and we kind of think he's the number one back there, don't we? But we like to sure. think you, so. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know sure. What do you think? Because if you if you put um Williams in there, that opens up a lot of money. <sighs> That you know what it's a tough one that man. I, I've I feel like I've been setting most of my lineups with Clyde Edwards-Helaire in mind, 
I feel like I've not given that much thought to Daryl Williams because it's just expected that now Clyde Edwards-Alure is healthy and ready to suit up. Um, he is going to be the primary back. That was the case throughout the season. But Daryl Williams seems to have just rewound the clock 12 months and he's pulling out playoff form. So that's a tough one. I feel like I'd want to do maybe a couple of lineups that include both of them, not together, but yeah. a couple of lineups that mirror each other where maybe there's a lineup that has, or a few lineups that has Clyde Edwards alert in, and then a few lineups that mirror that but have Daryl Williams in instead. I feel like I'd maybe want to do that mm-hmm. just to cover bases. Yeah. And the other one like this, I think we're doing the um the old five yard um dynasty pod here, would you rather? Is um, the other <laughs> would the other the other would you rather is Cameron Brait um over Gronkowski because in the playoffs Brait's been averaging over five targets a game. And obviously Gronk hasn't at all. Yeah. And, um, Gronkowski seems to have been employed more as a, a, a blocker at times throughout the playoffs, yeah. I think is fair to say. Yeah. Um but I think it has been needed at times. So, you know, Washington have got a really good pass rush. The Saints have got a pretty good pass rush. Um, and Green Bay, they had no issues whatsoever getting to Jared Goff when we played them. So, yeah, I don't know if maybe that's a, a factor in it. The Chiefs, mm. their pass rush, is it as good as the, the teams they faced? I don't know whether that maybe has... I don't know whether that maybe has sort of like a, an outcome in that stat, Mark, because, uh, you know, you look at the... You look at Gronkowski's output in recent weeks and no, it hasn't been great and it hasn't been what we've expected from him during the um, the regular season as well. But I think it's a one-off game and I think in games like this, you know, you, you go to the guys that you trust and there's definitely that trust there between Brady and Gronkowski. So I have no doubt that when when it's, you know, when the game's on the line or when there's certain situations, he's going to be looking for Gronk. But if that, if that, if that, um, if those statistics were connected to a tight end and his name wasn't Gronkowski, you would always pick Brait above him. Oh, yeah, definitely. Just based on the figures. And um, so, you know, I wonder if our hearts were running our heads a little bit there. Maybe, maybe. But I think, the f- and really good point, but I think the fact that it is Gronkowski, I think that's why I can't. it can't be ignored. To be honest, there'll probably be lineups where I've got Cameron Brait in, and in fact, the mm-hmm. five-yard main channel, did the um the, the little here's ten dollars build your ideal lineup for this week mm. and I actually had Cameron Brayton as my tight end in in that <laughs> rather than Gronkowski and Kelsey because it, it feels like he he's he's you know he's always good for a, mm. a red zone appearance Cameron Brayton in the back of the end zone just pops up all of a sudden he's got the ball touchdown so and he he is the well he's more ex, more expensive than Gronk this week so I don't know even on the pricing there as well. <laughs> Seven seven thousand two hundred versus four thousand five hundred for Gronk. That's that's a big jump. That that's a big jump for yeah. a play, for a player that's been in these situations before and had such a big impact in Super Bowl games. That's a tough one. Again, I think it's just going to be a case of some lineups are built with Brayton and some lineups are built with Gronkin. See, and when see this is and this is um sort of the quintessential um, the dilemmas in showdowns and why it's so hard to do play one like, one lineup in showdown is because there are when you're looking at, at individual teams and you're talking about such fine margins because the points are so there's so few points because it's only one game and these are the questions which kind of like drive you nuts 
Yeah. <laughs> if any, if anything, we've highlighted that it's almost impossible to win in this format by playing one lineup. It's just no, not. It's feasible. so much luck. It's so much yeah. luck involved in that. If you're doing yep. one lineup, there's so much luck involved. Um, there obviously there are single entry contests and stuff, and um, but there is so much luck involved in that. I think over a whole season, you might be able to, you know, do well generally the same as you would in cash games, um, but to just decide this is the lineup, this is the one that's going to win because not going to happen like that. Yeah, you've you've got to have basically six guys that hit. Hmm. For, well, it depends that. on how the game goes, of course. I mean, if it's a low-scoring game, true. You know, in which it, case it really, you're, hoping, yeah. you're hoping your defense hits, maybe. Yeah, exactly. Um, and this is in this game, both defenses could score as well. Hmm. You know, that's really feasible. So both defenses are fairly similar priced as well. Hmm. They always do that with the defenses, pretty much. I think yeah. reflective in this game, I expected that anyway. To be fair, because I think it is hmm. such a close game. Going to the um, the other end of the the scale, Mark, um, in the sort of rummaging in the bargain bin, if you will, of players that are available. I know we, we've mentioned once already Jaden Mickens, but is there anyone mm. down there, you know, the the sub sub sort of two thousand price bracket that you're looking at, and you're thinking that that could be a nice little little play, even if it's just like a bit of an enabler taking a punt on someone yeah. to allow you to basically build whatever lineup you so desire. But is there anyone down there that has caught your eye at a cheaper price? Well, if you're looking at the flex position at under 2K, there is like, you know, Byron Pringle, Demarcus Robinson, assuming he's good, and Tyler Johnson. They're very, very inconsistent. But I quite like Anthony Sherman at only 400. Because he's basically like you're getting him for free. And I just really feel that I can easily imagine, you know, when they're showing a sort of highlights at the end or something of seeing a fullback carrying the ball in from like half a yard, you know, with the very short handoff, you know, the very quick handoff. Anthony Sherman sort of MVP. Yeah, that's sort of that sort of play. I don't know. Maybe it's so many times, so many years of watching the Patriots and that just makes me think like that. But um, I could really see something like that. What about you? You said anything down there. No, not really. <laughs> no, there's not nothing nothing really enticing me down there to be honest. Um if I was to go down there, I mean Darwin Thompson at three hundred, there's always the chance that, you know, it, it mm. he's a running back at the end of the day, you only need to break off one big carry and you yeah. you have scored well. Um, you know, even even one carry that's in and around the red zone that he just is in for that and finds his way into the end zone you know some that would be the maybe the only one at 300 dollars. i don't think there's anyone else down there that i've really got my eye on tyler johnson is priced at 1800 which isn't a bad price but it doesn't feel like he's been as involved in recent weeks as some of the games earlier in the season so again it's just a complete punt i think if you're picking anyone yeah. down at that value you just don't expect anything and then, you know, whatever you do get back, it's it's a plus. But I suppose what it does allow you to do is basically put together whatever lineup you want to. And that's yeah. the reason somebody, that you look down there. And somebody like, you know, Sherman at like um, $400, he's um, on a flex play. He only needs to score 1.6 points to be four times value. Mm. You know, so that's like one dump off for six yards or something. So. As long as the rest of your other five players do what they're meant to do and stuff, and they're the best plays. Um, again, this is another part of the variance. 
you could pick that player, like we said about Mickens, you could pick that player and he could score and he could score some points. It doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be on the winning lineup because there still could be six other players who fit in the salary cap who score more points. So, and, you know, large field tournaments, everything's going to be covered here, I just think. So, um, yeah, that's just one of the joys of um, Showdown. So the top and bottom of it is, Mark, is play lots of lineups, play lots of variations of lineups, and don't discount a single player. Make sure you have got a good mix in those lineups. Do not put the same lineup together over and over and over again, because chances are it won't work. It could do, but it probably won't. Yeah, pretty much. Cash games, though, we can be a little bit um, more definitive in what we want to say about cash games, because this is the thing which I've, which has been really successful for me this year. Tell tell the listeners about cash games, Mark, just so that they know yeah. what you mean by cash games in case they're new to, again, this format. Yeah. So it basically means double ups, um, 50-50s or head-to-heads. Okay. So you're winning, you either have to be in the top half or the top 45% or you only have to beat one other player. So you don't have to have the best score. It's a little bit like the old, you know, you don't have to run faster than the bear. You just have to run faster than your mate sort of thing. You know, it's that sort of, you don't you just have to be in the top half and showdown because of the variance in scoring. And because people are reluctant to do this, there's one real edge you can have. And I found this has worked. This has worked like over 75% of the time this year for showdown games I've played in is you just pick a lineup with two, the two quarterbacks the two run, two main running backs, and then the two kickers. And people are always reluctant to play kickers, um, especially you don't play them in classic slates on DraftKings, so it seems a bit alien to them. But a kicker, if you think about some of the sort of dead cert players we've played this year, especially at wide receiver, and we, you know everyone says they're going to score touchdowns, uh, you know, hundred yards, get the bonus, all of that, and then they don't, and they end up with like I don't know, three for twenty-five or something, or you know. That, that that happens and it could happen in this game it's very feasible that you know especially um, with Evans or Godwin you've already touched upon it one of them could barely do anything yeah and a kicker scoring like two field goals and two extra points would score eight points and it would be more than that so more than them so um, so for cash games what you're basically trying to do is you're just trying to cover all the scoring you're trying to get all the touchdowns from the passing game all the running game touchdowns and the kicking points. Now, of course, not every team, it's obvious who the running backs are you should play, because we've all had this debate now with um, with um, with um, Kansas City. Should you play um, CEH or Williams? With Tampa Bay, we think it's Fournette, don't we? We think now he is the main man. Playoff Lenny. Uh, playoff Lenny. So um, we think he's the main man. So what you can do is if you play... If you want to play CEH as the running back for Kansas City, then you have to play Brady as your captain for the cash game lineup. It's the only way it fits. If you play Williams as your Kansas City running back, you can play Mahomes as your captain, for, you know, with the two kickers, etc. Um, yeah. One other point about this is because I said right at the beginning of the pod that there'll be lots of new players to this this week to show down generally. I'm probably more likely to play head to heads than I am double ups. Hoping to try and pick some people trying out for the first time. Yeah, Pray, praying on praying on the week and and the uh, <laughs> creating victims there, Mark. I see. Well, 
Yeah. So actually, you know, in a cash game, you wouldn't pick Kelsey, you wouldn't pick Hill, you wouldn't pick Evans, you wouldn't pick Godwin. And that's worked over the course of a season. Now, obviously, on a one-off game, it may well not work. Yeah. But it's worked just under 80% of the time for me this year so far. I feel like some of some of my better weeks have come from double ups through the week through um through the slate because it, it it's like the 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 sort of if if you accept that you've you're taking the smaller win mm-hmm. um you, you you do build up a nice little pot over the course of the season i think if you're playing the slates especially like the main slates and um you know the the one off games on say thursdays or mondays whatever they might be but um i think you know don't aim necessarily super high that you don't always have to do that to make this kind of format profitable we've said many a time mark how's your weekend gone and i've said um i'm up by you know whatever the fact is you're up and if you if you can sort of build that pot up and double your money here double your money there you know you're entering twice as many contests next time and potentially you've got that chance to double your money again and this is where you start building up that nice little pot rather than just throwing money at it without really much strategy there. So the double ups, I think are really good for that. And you're, um, you're, you're a really consistent player, Nick. You're way more consistent than me. It's the double ups really suits you, your style of play. For me, I'm very much a boom or bust sort of player, um, which I hate, by the way, it's not a plan. I'd rather <laughs> be consistent. <laughs> it's, it's not, it's not what it aimed to be. Um, but, um, yeah, so um, so for me, double ups wouldn't necessarily um, in classic slates. Double ups don't necessarily work. I think with cash games, I've done really well with double ups this year, just yeah. by basically using that formula of two quarterbacks, two running backs, two kickers. Um, I think I think in summary of my season, Mark, I think I'm just going to stick to tiers next year. Yep, I've done yep. pretty well at tiers. <laughs> there you go, whole new pod. <laughs> <laughs> So we would definitely need to cover in this summer differences, different strategies for tiers, classics, showdowns again. That's yeah, I mean. no doubt. And I'm sure we'll have plenty of guests on in the summer mm. as well to talk their experiences and maybe even touch on a couple of the things that you might want to might want to explore daily fantasy sports-wise throughout the summer because, fingers crossed, it's going to be an action-packed one um, despite un- only having the NFL starting from September. I think that rounds us off nicely, Mark, for Super Bowl week. <laughs> I feel like I'm shedding a tear almost. It's, uh, uh, it's, like, yeah, it's it, emotional. But as we said earlier in the pod, we will be back. Massive thanks to the listeners that we've had on every week. Any new listeners that have stuck by us since we started this, we will absolutely be back for the 2021-22 season. Um, and of course, we will be back during the off season, so that we can talk strategy, um, and we can get some guests on as well to get their thoughts. Because as much as I'm sure you love hearing from myself and Mark, it's always nice to get that different perspective, Mark, isn't it? So it is. I, I like to hear from people other than me. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I like hearing anyone's voice other than my own. But uh, no, th- thanks very much, Mark. Absolute pleasure as always, and I've loved doing this pod throughout the season. And me too. I can't wait to pick it back up again in the off season after a slight break. 
Um, for all the listeners out there, stay safe. Enjoy Super Bowl weekend. As always, gamble what you can afford to lose. This has to be fun. Make sure that you do gamble responsibly whenever you do play daily fantasy sport or whenever you are staking your own money on anything like this. But more important than the gambling, what should our listeners be doing, Mark? Draft responsibly. Absolutely. We will see you in the summer. HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.